Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to our GSP Ace of the Day. It was a step in the right direction. On day nine of the 2021 U.S. Open, our picks finishing three and two, a .81 units overall on the day. We earned victories from both Daniil Medvedev and Arena Sabalenka. Medvedev covering his game spread minus eight and a half was a photo finish, but ultimately a cover against Botik Vendison Shkulp. Arena Sabalenka covering her spread against Barbara Krejcikova. Unfortunately, we lost twice on the Alina Svitolina match. She loses. 7-6 in the third to Layla Fernandez. We had Svitolina at minus three and a half games. We had her on a money line parlay as well. You would think someone like me who covers the next gen ATP and WTA so closely would stop losing out on these youngsters, but Layla Fernandez and Emma Raducanu have kicked my derriere, and obviously those are two data points I will not be forgetting moving forward. Nevertheless, as we approach day 10 of the year's final Grand Slam. We are now 18 and 27, down 8.46 units overall. Again, not where we plan on ending up, not where we will be come the end of this tournament, but day nine, a step in the right direction. That third victory, by the way, a Daniil Medvedev future we put in on day one. We had him winning his quarter three units to win 1.81. Medvedev gets the job done over Van de Schenskulp. So again, that is why our number a little bit inflated on day nine. But with that said, we approach day 10, our second half of our quarterfinal round. Two women singles matches, two men singles matches. Parody, the name of the game on the women's side. Lobsided money lines, the name of the game on the men's side. We'll get into all of that on today's show. Of course, a quick reminder if you're looking for daily recaps of all the action, you want to hear what happened on each day of the U.S. Open in case you missed out with, I don't know, real world, world things like going back to work or going back to school, whatever it may be. You can catch up on all of the action on our website, crackrackets.com. You can hear daily recaps on our mini break podcast feed. But of course, you come here for the daily picks. So with that in mind, let's get into it. No flinching now. Home stretch in sight. Here are my picks for day 10 of the 2021 U.S. Open. Let's start with the money lines. We'll look at the men's side first because you're not going to make any individual money line plays on either of these matches. Alex Zverev, heavy favorite over Lloyd Harris to start the day. Zverev, minus 700 on the money line. He's 2-0 in their career head-to-head matchups. He beat Harris in straight sets at the Western and Southern Open a few weeks ago, so you can understand why that number is a bit lopsided. You look at Tennis Abstract's U.S. Open men's draw forecast. They have Zverev 
as an 87.9% favorite to Lloyd Harris's 12.1% underdog. Now, of course, Harris, the big serve and, you know, a with that sort of weapon on the right sort of day, he's going to give any sort of opponent problem. He has been clearly a top 35 sort of player on hard courts this season. He made a 500-level final in the Middle East earlier this year. That said, you know, clearly Zverev peaking. He's won, what, 15 consecutive matches heading into the match. He's the prohibitive favorite. You understand that minus 700 money line. You're not going to touch that individually because what? We're going to bet $7 to win one in return. No, thank you. Don't want any part of that. Ditto with the Djokovic minus 800. Now, again, if you want to go the underdog route, I can understand that. Lloyd Harris plus 475. If you think Zverev, the pressure of the moment being the favorite, that he's going to fall short here, I suppose I can understand that line of thinking given some of the results we've seen from him from pressure moments in the broader past. But you look at the more immediate history, Alex Zverev's beaten everyone he's supposed to beat at the majors over really, I would say, the past five, past six, dating back to the restart in 2020. You look for Zverev. You go back to the 2020 U.S. Open. He made the final. He was two points away from winning that match in the fifth set before losing to Dominic Team This year, Australia, he loses to Djokovic in the quarterfinals. Med- uh, he loses to Tsitsipas, excuse me, in the semifinals of the French Open. The loss to Felix in the fourth round, fine, but I don't put Lloyd Harris in the same category as Felix. And you look for Zverev here has coasted on his way to uh, the uh, quarterfinals of this event, beats Yannick Sinner in straight sets in the fourth round, has only dropped one set on the tournament, was the first set of his third round match to Jack Sock. By the way, the other loss for Zverev in the majors, he was, you know, he was a little sick uh, when he lost at the French Open to Yannick Sinner last season. I'm not writing excuses for him, I'm just saying you've had to be pretty damn good to beat Zverev at the majors of late. Now, Harris is good, but I don't know if he's pretty damn good. I'm leaning Zverev in that match. Match. Uh, but again, that's where your uh, money line stands. That's where the tennis abstracts here have about an 88% favorite, according to the analytics. In terms of that Djokovic match, minus 800 against Berrettini. Look, Berrettini plus 500, you want to think it's it, you know it's really tough to beat someone two times in a row, let alone three times in a row in the same season, let alone three times in a row in three quarterfinal or later stage matches at Grand Slams. That's what Novak Djokovic is attempting to do tomorrow against number six seed Matteo Berrettini. And this is our match of the day here uh, for our Cracked Rackets Patreon family. Look, Djokovic, three wins away from history. Fourth uh, Grand Slam of the season would complete the calendar. Grand Slam, first male to do it since Rod Laver, first player to do it since Steffi Graf. It would also be his 21st Grand Slam title of his career, surpassing Roger, surpassing Rafa. History's on the line. No one's going to be more aware of that fact than Novak Djokovic, who... Look, has lost first sets in two out of his four matches here at the U.S. Open. And you look for Djokovic, 79-12 and 12 in his career in New York, which, by the way, of the many, many records he has, his win percentages over 80% at all four slams, that might be his single most impressive feat in his career. And you look for Djokovic, though, 79-12, and 12. 12 and 10, though, 
in his career when he's lost first sets. Now, he's escaped in two of them at this U.S. Open, but of course, Matteo Berrettini, one of three players on the ATP Tour to hold serve over 90% of the time. It's him, Isner, Rayonich. He's clearly made a leap forward in consistency here this season. He, Medvedev, Zverev, Djokovic, the only four players in the men's game to reach the fourth round at all four of the year's slams. And as I mentioned, these two have played multiple times in the immediate uh, past, Djokovic beating Berrettini 6-7, 6-4, 6-4, 6-3 at Wimbledon in the final, beating uh, Berrettini 6-3, 6-2, 6-7, in what was an extraordinarily high-level match in the Roland Garros quarterfinals. Now, we haven't seen Djokovic again crank it up the level to the level he played in those events yet here in New York, but you started to see flashes of it in the back half of the match against Jensen Brooksby and you look for Novak Djokovic here this season. I've mentioned these numbers uh, to you Crack Rackets listeners before if you listen to the Mini Break podcast, but all of the analytics suggest a guy who's still in the prime of his career, maybe the tail end, but still in it. He's you know above his career average and hold percentage by a percent and a half. He's above his break percentage by 2.2%. First serve win percentage, 75.7%. That's 2% above his career average. 554 on the second serve, that is his career average. 22 uh, total points when he's winning 55.5% of the total points in the matches he plays. That's above his career average of 54.4. Uh, he's still a percent better than his career numbers. And, you know, he's winning 87.5% of his matches here this season. That's above his career average of 83.3, which is, again, ridiculous. All of that is to say, you know, go back to the French Open. Go back to after he dropped that first set to Berrettini in the Wimbledon uh, final. Just whenever Novak Djokovic has been pressed this season, he's found his best performances. And, you know, the slam I would echo this one to is the Australian Open, where, look, he struggled against Tiafo in round two. That was a four-set match. Five sets against Fritz, down in three of the four sets breaks of serve to Alex Vierup in the quarterfinals. And then he turned it on when it was money time, in the semis, in the finals. Now he's going to have to turn it on around earlier here in New York because it's a gauntlet. You face Berrettini, then probably Zverev, who beat you at the Olympics. Then if you get through that, you more likely than not have Daniil Medvedev at the end of the finish line. That's a murderer's row for Novak Djokovic. At the same time, he's responded to, you know, when Novak Djokovic's wall is pushed back, uh, his, excuse me, he is pushed back against the wall, that's the best sort of Novak Djokovic. That's when his best tennis so frequently seems to come out. So, again, all of that is to say minus 800. I don't really want any part of that. I'm, I'm okay. You know, I, I'm not going to throw that into anything on its own. So from the men's side, you, you probably stay away from the money lines. For the record, Djokovic, 83.1% favorite according to the U.S. Open men's draw forecast. As I mentioned, minus 750 to Berrettini's plus 500. The women's matches, though, they are interesting, and that's where we get into our aces of the day. Now, you have a couple of options here because the money lines aren't bad. Pliskova, minus 130 tomorrow against Maria Sakkari. Maria Sakkari, you can get her plus 110. That's essentially a pick em. And you look at Tennis Abstract's projections, Pliskova, 52.5%. Maria Sakkari, 47.5%. They have Pliskova as a slight favorite. The odds have Pliskova as a slight favorite. One of those instances 
where all the numbers agree. Yeah, her recent performance of late, you give Pliskova the slight favored, but let's not go overboard here. Of course, your other match on the day, Belinda Bencic, was minus 160 when I was doing my notes. I'm looking at it as I'm recording already down to minus 155. Again, one of, against one of the teen sensations and sensations, period, of this U.S. Open, 18-year-old British player Emma Raducanu. Now, here's the thing I want to bring up before I even get into my selections. If you like the favorites, Bencic and Pliskova, let me make the case for why you should go with the spreads instead of the money lines. You look for Bencic now minus 155. Well, if you think Bencic is going to win this match, unless you think Raducanu is going to rip through a set six slot, that she's going to take an early two low lead, get a break, Bencic is going to tank a set, which just hasn't been the Belinda Bencic story of late. You look for her as recently as the Olympics, where of course she was the gold medalist. Belinda Bencic won four consecutive three-set matches down the stretch. So even when she's lost of late, uh, she's played, I guess her one loss, one in three or one in two, whatever it was, to Teichman at the Western Southern Open, but that was more a reflection of Teichman than anything else. The point being, if you think Bencic is going to win, you probably think it's a close match. You probably think it's sort of a you know maybe 6346663 sort of affair or even 6436765 sort of affair if you think it's a three set victory or whatever sort of victory but you lean towards Belinda Bencic instead of taking her at minus 160 take her at minus one and a half games where those odds go from minus 160 to minus 120 and you look for Bencic if you think whether it's three sets whether it's straight sets more likely than not a Bencic victory and any sort of victory you are going to win the game spread and you're probably going to win that game spread by two now if it is you know a 6-4-3-6-7-6 sort of affair well, then you're kind of out of luck. And yes, that is one of the rare situation circumstances where that happens, but I don't think that's the case with Belinda Bencic here. I think her sort of power tennis wears you down, particularly if you're facing a deficit. And look, Emma Raducanu, uh has matched every expectation and every question that's been asked of her. She's answered positively here at the U.S. Open. And here, throughout this 2021 season, you look for Raducanu, and I know I've read this number a couple of times, but... She is now 20 and 6 here in the 2021 season. Not just the run here to the quarterfinals in the main draw where she hasn't dropped a set. She didn't drop a set in qualifying either, beating a recent titleist in former Pepperdine standout top 100 player Maya Sharif. And, you know, the week before, she makes a run to the final of the 125K in Chicago, beating a top 100 player in Claire Liu and Ali Van Utvenaken. Another rising young star in women's tennis in Clara Burrell before dropping a close three-set match to two-time titleist this season, Clara Tawson. And, you know, not just the Wimbledon round of 16, but at a couple of hundred Ks, she'd make quarterfinals as well. You look for Raducanu here with this result. Obviously, you make a slam quarterfinal, you're probably going to tap. Uh, crack the top 100. She's up to number 74 overall, but perhaps more pressing, she's 56th in terms of total points accumulated here this season. She's played seven total events. That speaks to you know how excellent Raducanu has been across the board this year, but Belinda Bencic has been one of these stories 
down the home stretch of this 2021 season. You look for Benchich. She started the year 12 and 11 overall, and she had one good run in Australia. But you look for her outside of that run uh, in Australia to start the season. She uh, and you know third round Australian Open before a loss to Lisa Mertens and finals of Adelaide the next week before losing to Iga Swiatek. She then loses first round Dubai, second round Do- uh, or excuse me first round Doha, second round Dubai, second round Miami, first round Charleston, second round Stuttgart, does make a quarterfinal in Madrid, but then loses first round Rome, second round Roland Garros. Since that moment, though, since the start of the grass court season, 18 and 4 overall. She's won 82% of her matches, and perhaps most impressively during that stretch of time is just the quality of, of opponent she has beaten. She's earned, you know, four top 10 wins, four, uh, excuse me, four top 20 wins. She's 4-0 against top 20 opponents over that stretch of time, and, you know, the fact that all four of those wins have been, or three of the four wins have been three set victories for her, and then, of course, the straight set win here at this event over Iga Swiatek as well. You look for Belinda Bencic, her first serve percentage uh, for the season. She's won 69.4% of her first serve since the start of the grass court season, though. She's won 73.5%. Now, of course, you can't uh, project that number, I suppose, over the course of a full year, but over that you know, 22-match stretch, that number would rank third amongst top 50 players right now on the WTA Tour. It would trail Osaka and Ashley Barty. That's it. Amongst win percentages on first serve, and you look for her during that stretch of time she would be top five in hold percentage as well she would be 76.3 that would be trailing just Brady, Krejcikova, Osaka and Barty. She has served at an elite level and part of that it's not just the serve it's the plus one ball the way she is striking so confidently off of both wings her forehand just the depth with which she can get on that shot the way she's placing it so well around the court if she gets her hands on the ball that ball is going with depth, with place, with precision. The backhand wing as well. The way she absorbed and just bunted down on the heavy topspin ground strokes of Iga Swiatek imposed her will from the baseline. I just think it's a degree of power tennis that Emma Raducanu hasn't seen. And, you know, some of you listeners are saying, wait, is this deja vu? Am I clicking on the episode from two days ago? Didn't you just say that exact same thing about Shelby Rogers in relation to Emma Raducanu? Yes, I did. But guess what? Belinda Bencic has held serve at a top five rate since the start of the grass court season. Shelby Rogers, you look for her in terms of her hold percentage here amongst top 50 players. Shelby Rogers currently ranks uh, 25 first amongst top 50 players in hold percentage that number 69.7 percent again Benchich is in the 76.3 percent range five percent better um and it's more consistent. I mean, Shelby Rogers, when she plays her best tennis, yes, she can look like a top-tier server, but she has to play her absolute best tennis. And, you know, Benchich has been playing her absolute best tennis, and not just for one week, but over the course of six, seven, eight weeks now. I think Benchich wins this match. I think this is where the Cinderella story for Emma Raducanu comes to a close. Again, you look for Belinda Benchich here. She's still defending points. One more win. She'll defend her semifinal points from the 2019 event. She's saved her spot in the ranking. She's currently number 12, but if she gets one more win, she'll move back into the top 10 to number 10. 
I think Belinda Bencic has her eyes on that, and I honestly think Belinda Bencic has her eyes on the title here. It's wide open. Krejcikova is out. We will have a first-time single slam champion at the 2021 U.S. Open. There is no reason Belinda Bencic can't be that player. There's no reason Raducanu can't at this point either, but I just like Bencic, you know, the way she's been playing. And again, I know I said this about Rodgers, but with the consistent pace and consistent aggression Bencic has shown over these last eight weeks, I just don't think Raducanu is ready, quite uh, quite ready for that challenge. So give me Bencic minus one and a half games because that's the value play over the spread. We're going to go do that at minus 120. We're going to put 1.2 units on it to win one in return. Uh, again, we're trying to finish here back in the positive, so we may have to up the wagers just a hair. This isn't getting obnoxious. This isn't getting too risky. This is a bet on the favorite. Give me Bencic over Radikanu. Give me Pliskova over Sakari as well. And here's the case again. You look for Pliskova. She's minus 130 over Sakari. That's great. But on the spread, you just find more value. If you take Pliskova at minus half a game, so she just has to win by one more game, even if it's 7-6-7-6 seven, six, seven, six, or 6-7-7-6-7-6, you know, six, seven, seven, six, seven, six, she still covers the spread in that situation. All she essentially has to do here is not get blown out in a random throw a second set and win the match. And if she does that, you get minus 125 odds, which are just better than the minus 130. We'll take the extra .005 you know, points or whatever it may be. So we do that on the spread instead of the money line. Uh, you get her minus 125, 1.25 units to win one. The case for Pliskova over Sakari, as good as uh, Sakari has been, Pliskova is just a little bit better by the metrics. Of course, the one place Sakari has her, she's one of eight players to rank in the top 20 in both hold and break percentage, but she's not elite at any one category. You look for Karolina Pliskova, another player, uh, from the start of the season through the uh, start of Wimbledon, she was 15 and 11. Since the start of Wimbledon, 19 and 5. You look at her first serve, and Karolina Pliskova is someone who, during the prime, and she is in that tail end of the prime of her career, uh, was someone who you know, was averaging in the 75 to 80% hold percentage range. That's a top five number season after season was amongst the elite of the elite. Her first serve percentage suffered at the start of the season. Her hold percentage started to dip down. She was around you know, 72, 73%, which was 3% below her career average. You look for her since the start of Wimbledon. Her first serve win percentage has jumped from 67.6% to 73.9%. So she's winning about 7% more, uh, 6% more, excuse me, of her first serve points. Her second serve win percentage has jumped from 41.9 to 46.2. Again, across the board, she's about 4 to 5% better as a server since the start of the season. She's gotten back into that elite category holding serve again about 77% of the time over that time period. She's hit over 20 aces in multiple matches here this week, has you know uh, dropped just one set. It was the serve fest between her and Amanda Nisimova. Uh, she looked, you know, she outpowered Tennis Pavlachenkova in the round of 16. You look for Pliskova now, 34 and 16 overall this season, currently four, uh, third, excuse me, in the rankings, up a spot with her quarterfinal here. You look for her, she's currently 
fourth in the race to the year-end finals. Uh, you look for her in terms of the advanced metrics. Carolina Pliskova currently eighth in overall ELO, currently seventh in 2021 ELO. You know, that's a little bit better than Maria Sakkari at this point. You look for Sakkari in terms of 2021 specific ELO. She's fallen down to 20th. You look for her in overall ELO. She's still up to a new career high of number 15. She's also had a new career high in the rankings of 14 with her quarterfinal here in New York. She's eighth in the race to the year-end final. She has been elite, and again, one of eight players in the top 20 club. You look for Maria Sakkari here in this 2021 season. She's 30 and 14 overall, 20 and 9 on hard courts. You look at her losses on hard courts, all of them, except for one, have come to players I consider top 25 caliber, even top 20 caliber players. There was one outlier loss. It was the three-set loss to Mladenovic in the first round of the Australian Open. Outside of that, she's lost to Conteve. That's another fine. Kerber, Vika, Svitolina, Andrescu, Krejcikova, Muguruza, Sabalenka. All of those players are top 20 players. That's essentially what you have to be right now to beat Maria Sakkari. But again, what's the biggest weapon on the court? I think it's the Pliskova serve. I think her ability to find free points is the difference in this match. And thus, I just think, you know, that first serve has become elite for her. She's a top five server right now. Sakkari is a top 13 server. But in a match like this, the margins as thin, the stage, there's a freedom with which Pliskova is playing. And again, she sees the draw has opened up as well. Give me Pliskova minus half a game over Sakari, minus 125, 1.25 units to win one in return. That's ace of the day number two. To quickly get back to the Zverev match, you look in his two career head-to-heads against Lloyd Harris for Alex Zverev was a 6-4-3-6-6 six, love victory uh, for him uh, when they played in Cologne at the end of last year. That was an indoor hardcourt match. They also played this year, as I mentioned, at the Western Southern Open a few weeks ago. That was a 6-2 and two win for Zverev. What is the commonality between the two? In both of the game spreads, Zverev was plus five. In a Grand Slam tournament, three out of five sets. He'd have to win a full other set to win the match. That means he'd only need to win one more set by one more game. So win any set, just essentially win the match, not drop another set to cover the five and a half game spread that I have with him over Harris tomorrow. And look, for Zverev, I just think he's a little bit better at everything than Lloyd Harris, whether it's the serve, whether it's the fluidity from the baseline, the flexibility off of both wings, the comfort level at the net. Uh, again, they're both 6'6". They've both got weapons. They both epitomize modern tennis. I just think Zverev's a little bit better at it. He's more experienced at this stage. Give me Zverev minus 5.5 games over Harris minus 165. We're going to throw 1.65 units on it to win one. That's how confident I am that we are going to get that Zverev-Djokovic affair in the semifinals. Of course, it wouldn't be an ace of the day segment if I didn't throw a parlay at you. The only one I could come up with, given where the odds are, I didn't want to just go Benchich pliskova straight up because you do that one. It's pretty solid, plus 187, but let's have a little more fun. I, I mentioned I'm leaning towards all of the favorites tomorrow. Tennis Abstract leans towards all the favorites. And by the way, I don't think I read the final number for you. Uh, Pliskova Sakari, it's 52.5, 47.5. Pliskova's favored. Benchich in 82.2% favorite over Radikanu. But of course, the analytics a little bit behind on her. 
But let's go with an all-winners parlay. Benchich, Pliskova, Djokovic, Zirev on the money lines, plus 269. We're only going to throw half a unit on it. Let's not get crazy to win 1.34, but let's have some fun. We win all four of these aces tomorrow. We will have our deficit, and that means the final few days, final, what, four days of the event— they get fun. Now Now there's some pressure for us here on this segment as well. And, of course, pressure is a privilege. It builds champions. We are champions here on this GSP Ace of the Day segment, or at least we hope to be so. With that in mind, a quick recap. Give me Bencic, minus one and a half games over Radikanu, minus 120, 1.2 units to win one. Give me Pliskova, minus 0.5 games, so minus half a game over Sakari. She's essentially just got a win. Minus 125, 1.25 units to win one. Give me Zverev, minus five and a half games over Harris, minus 165, 1.65 units to win one, and then the all-favorites parlay, Bencic, Pliskova, Djokovic, Zverev, plus 269.5 units to one 1.34. Those are your picks for our GSP aces of the day. Again, if you're looking for daily recaps, Mini Break Podcast Feed is the place for you. You can find all of the content on our website, crackrackets.com. If you need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we are at Crack Rackets. You want to message me directly, I am at Great Shot Pod. A shout out, as always, to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, for the f- of an editing job he does day in, day out. With that said, you know what we're going to say? We hope you all enjoy Wednesday's matches. May the odds be ever in your favor. And from, I should say, for our super producers, Fligner and Westoff, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say? May the odds be ever in your favor. And hey, great shot. Westoff, leave all of that outro in. That's what happens, folks, when these matches end as late as they do and your brain ends up scrambled. But nevertheless, we wish you luck and we will talk to you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 